0: Welcome to the SS Show of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development podcast. Each publication in our journal is a great opportunity to share significant and audacious contributions to a large audience. My guests today are James Conningham and Simon Fraser from Aberdeen Business School, Robert Gordon University in Aberdeen, UK. They have recently published an article entitled Images of Entrepreneurship, Divergent National Constructions of what it is to do entrepreneurship. It has been recently published in Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, a journal edited by Teller and Francis. James, Simon, welcome to our podcast.
1: Thanks. Thank you.
0: Can you tell us what is the origin of your paper? Why have you decided to address this particular topic? And what is the question you aim to answer?
1: Well, if I can start with that, this paper was originally developed as part of a response to the call for papers in memory of the the previous editor of Entrepreneurship and Regional Development, Alastair Anderson. And we worked with Alastair for many years in Aberdeen Business School. So actually the origins of this paper came about through our conversations with Alistair over the past, say, best part of a decade. And just through our understandings of his approach to entrepreneurship and his conceptualization of what entrepreneurship was. So that's really the origins of why we, we wanted to look at this idea of images of entrepreneurship and what is an image of an entrepreneurship. And why is that important? It's because we realised that, we can look at entrepreneurship in different ways. And Alastair was obviously very critical, or as we know, he was quite critical of a a purely economic view of entrepreneurship and purely looking at it as a a growth mechanism for an economy and suggesting more that there was a, a much more social dynamic to how entrepreneurship happened. And we wanted to further that. The idea of building an image of entrepreneurship is that this image in people's minds is what they're reading from their social context, what they read from the surroundings. And this brought us to a theoretical point of view, which is about the social acceptance of whether it's a good thing to be an entrepreneur, or maybe it's not a good thing to be an entrepreneur. And that might depend on your social context. And we've got lots of previous theory from, from Alistair and, and from another colleague, Rob Smith, as well, where they talk about the moral fit of entrepreneurship and whether entrepreneurship fits with what we want in society. So that's what we wanted to explore. Simon.
2: So what we wanted to do is we wanted to try and explore what it is to do entrepreneurship by looking at the national settings of Italy, Finland and the UK. And we found that we were hearing entrepreneurship being spoken about in different ways and that this can be influenced by a number of different factors, such as the media and educational background. And what we observed was familiar and relates to what we see in our own daily practice um, as enterprise educators. So we find that students speak about and receive entrepreneurship in different ways. So some find it difficult, some find it aspirational, some think it's not for them and it's really only for other people. So we recognize that not all of our students enjoy entrepreneurship modules, but then there are some of them that find it absolutely transformational. So they see it differently in different courses and disciplines. So we thought there was something interesting going on here. And that's kind of led us to the study outlined in the paper.
0: What are the main contributions of your paper
2: Okay I'll take this. So our findings led to four main thematic categories and with respect to how entrepreneurship is considered. So firstly ecosystem support, secondly impact on formal education and learning, thirdly the character of the entrepreneur and finally the desirability and curiosity involved in entrepreneurship. So we used these themes to discuss the images that we thought were apparent and how they were formed. And our findings suggest that commentary on localised policy and measured outcomes of entrepreneurship are limited and even sometimes contradictory in the story that they present. So with ecosystem support, we found that the UK participants were focusing on the process of support and a need to be led towards it. Whereas the Italian participants argued that they understood the support was available, um, but they saw the access they had to, it to be limited finally, the Finnish participants recognised an abundance of support, which made it quite surprising from us when we looked to see that there was relatively modest gem measurements um, in relation to entrepreneurial activity in that country. With respect to formal education and learning, we found that the UK participants were using entrepreneurship learning for getting into the workplace. And they suggested that there wasn't enough focus on fostering a culture of entrepreneurship. The Italian participants, they presented a picture of a university system which doesn't maybe do enough to encourage entrepreneurship and prioritises academic theory. And in contrast to this, the Finnish participants suggested a deep practical learning. When we looked at the character of the entrepreneur, we found it was broadly approved of, but there were nuanced differences in ideas of what it is to actually be one. So in the UK, a functionalist approach was seen, Whereas in Italy, they considered it to be more individualistic. And finally, in Finland, the entrepreneurs held in high esteem as a sort of cultural icon. um, But there's a singling out of the entrepreneur almost as being a sort of particular being, if you like. Finally, we looked at desirability and curiosity on entrepreneurship. And it appears the Finnish view is one of heroism, so thinking of somebody as a hero and something that's reserved from um, those with specific skills or talents. While the UK participants looked more to motivations and a need to be pushed into it. Italian participants recognised that it was a difficult endeavour, one that was aspirational, but perhaps out of reach from their everyday lives. So all in all, we're beginning to understand that there's a bigger picture here, and that bringing together the different threads helps us to understand and. Get an, achieve an understanding of what's going on here. If I can add maybe just one
1: um, extra element to that, I think that is the, the main contribution, is trying to build this more holistic picture of entrepreneurship and on what entrepreneurship is. And we, we've we've called it images here, but really what we're doing is just broadening out the picture that we have of what entrepreneurship is relative to the context that we're in. So if we'd gone just down the policy route and just looked at policy documents, it would only have given us one little slice of the picture. Looking just at the, you know, we've got GEM data in there. We've got um, economic data in there. Looking just at that gives us one slice of the picture. But actually, what's really important to note is that individuals, human beings, interact with policies, and there can only be an impact of a policy if there's someone interacting with it. And that that interaction can happen in quite different ways, actually, and sometimes quite unexpected ways. So it's about trying to build this broader picture, but also trying to engage with how these different ways of looking at it interact with each other.
0: What was, for you, the main theoretical and maybe methodological challenge or challenges in addressing such a question?
1: I think that's a great question, because no one ever talks about the challenges of the paper. We always just talk about how, how fantastic our findings are and how big our contributions are. Um, Anyway, the the contribution I've just spoken about there, trying to build a more holistic picture or image of entrepreneurship, that's what presented uh, to my mind the biggest challenge for this paper. We actually started out this journey wanting to write a relatively short piece. We wanted it to be provocative, to be punchy, to be short, and just to get our point across. And then we realised as we were building this holistic picture, we were including economic data, we were including global entrepreneurship monitor data, we were including policy narratives and commentary around all of these things and then ultimately we were including what society, what people actually thought about all these various aspects and frankly that just made the paper bigger and it made, it it had more moving parts to it and that became something we had to think about quite carefully. How do we communicate the picture of the with all these different parts to it, but still have it understandable to, to the readers.
2: I would say another challenge we maybe thought about when we we're thinking about the question was around our desire to move away from this traditional approach that only explores established entrepreneurs and those that have already chosen an entrepreneurship route. So our challenge was to try and explore what it is to be an entrepreneur, but to try and see if we could listen to the voice of society. So we're keen to break away from asking those who had made this choice and had to try and think about where we would find non-entrepreneurs so that we could explore their thoughts. So we did this by speaking to students who had engaged with entrepreneurship societies at their university. So people that had shown an interest in entrepreneurship but had not committed to the route. And this was to try and see if we could get a broader picture on how entrepreneurship is perceived. So we wanted to avoid speaking to successful entrepreneurs, which our field is really dominated with, um, and aim for this sort of societal viewpoint. We also faced a challenge in that we wanted to explore the national settings of some comparable economies, and this is following on from Alistair's empirical pieces on country-specific situations. But then the challenge of any comparable piece becomes what is it you compare and how do you select what to compare? So we also recognise that a country-specific setting is in itself problematic but we saw this as a way to try and illustrate the sort of divergent constructions of entrepreneurship um, in similar economic settings.
0: During your research journey, what was your biggest surprise or the most counterintuitive results?
2: I think um, one of the biggest surprises was that in the countries we explored, the support that was offered was similar, but the, res- the support is received in different ways. And this very much seems to depend on what the people see as what an entrepreneur is. So support is offered universally, but it's received differently. So in the UK, we found that those we surveyed suggested a need to be led to the support. In Italy, there was a desire for a more practical approach. Whilst in Finland, they suggested that the support was abundant, but that entrepreneurship was a life choice for the few. So even though you have similar economies here, there are different ways that we need to try and see if we can engage with the people who are getting involved with entrepreneurship. So support uptake appears to be different in terms of context. And there's a valuable consideration here for policymakers, entrepreneurship support, enterprise educators, really any party that's trying to encourage entrepreneurship. I think for me, one of the the
1: surprises or the counter, intuitive findings that that we've got here has been something I've been coming to terms with for a few years now and it's the idea that entrepreneurship is not always universally celebrated in society and I think as entrepreneurship researchers we we tend to work on an assumption that entrepreneurship is a good thing to do because that reinforces our career choice as an entrepreneurship researcher and and that we know entrepreneurship all the good things that can come of entrepreneurship but here we see sometimes entrepreneurship can can trigger an envy sometimes it can trigger a, a negative response from society because they see certain maybe opportunistic types of people are entrepreneurs and, and society rallies against that and they don't necessarily want that so it's that issue of moral fit again and it brings us back to where the paper started from is entrepreneurship actually always a good thing to do for society and sometimes the answer is not universally yes we shouldn't necessarily always be celebrating entrepreneurship and i think that's something that's got a lot of legs for the future particularly in publications like entrepreneurship and regional development where we can take a more critical view of of what we're looking at
0: what are the main implications of your work for entrepreneurs managers policymakers or practitioners in general
1: i think one for me one of the main implications um it relates to something that that Simon said earlier on. We took a national level here, and we can we compared three national contexts, national economies, if you like, and that, as we know, is is problematic in itself because there are, in the UK alone, there are differences between Scotland, England, and Wales. In Scotland alone, there are differences between um, city, the urban setting, the rural setting, and there are differences depending on what industry you're looking at. But that's kind of the point. We use national settings just to make that point, that there are different ways across comparable settings that are still nuanced different ways of perceiving entrepreneurship. I think what we need from a a policy perspective, one of the implications here is we need a much more localised focus. We can't just take the, the economic results of a global entrepreneurship monitor and map it against the GDP of the economy and think that we understand what's going on with business startup or entrepreneurship. In that way. We need to get more localised, we need to discuss more on the ground with broader society what we're looking at and and how they feel and how they, they see this image of entrepreneurship and that might help give us a deeper understanding of what it is to actually do these things.
2: I think as well in terms of implications on researchers we're arguing that we shouldn't just rely on a single perspective such as outcome measures, policy analysis or interpretive analysis of language so looking at only one of these we're missing understanding what's going on so we've tried to pull these threads together to bring a more combined perspective one that shows the full picture and one that helps us to build a more appropriate image of how entrepreneurship is understood in my teaching i often talk about the mona lisa when teaching creativity in my entrepreneurship modules um, i show them the painting and i ask them what they see My message here is to try and challenge traditional thought and get them to really look at the painting, which is really made up of more than just the sitter. It involves a mysterious background, underpaintings, technique, um, the value it has, its history, all these different things contribute to what the actual painting actually is. And I think by bringing together these components, um, we can understand and appreciate the cultural and society value of the artwork better. So in a similar way, when we are looking at a situation with our own work here, I think we can understand that we kind of see entrepreneurship and take it at face value. But by bringing together the different information we have gives us this better and more holistic understanding really of what entrepreneurship is.
0: Thanks a lot, James and Simon, for participating to our shows and presenting your paper entitled Images of Entrepreneurship, Divergent National Constructions of What It Is to Do Entrepreneurship. All our podcasts are available on entrepreneurship-erd.com and on the main podcast platforms.